with me. Second Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 14. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom? Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. The Apostle Paul is writing to his preacher boy. He's writing to Timothy. Uh, Paul realizes that he is not going to be around much longer. Uh, he has been in and out of jail, in and out of prison. He has been beaten. Uh, he has been hated, ridiculed, run out of most towns that he went to preach in. And now he is preparing a young man that um, compared to Paul at least seems to be quite a timid individual. And I believe Paul is attempting to charge him and challenge him to be ready because he was going to face even more difficult days perhaps than Paul did. I believe that we are living in the throes of this hour. I wish I could encourage your heart and tell you I think it's going to get better, but I, I'm, I don't think so. Unless, unless we humble ourselves and God sends revival to us. And I know there are those who would say, well, we've gone too far. We can't have revival in these days. I don't believe that. I believe God can do anything he's ever been able to do. And he is able to revive his people. Say, but the world is in such a mess. He never has revived the world. Won't ever revive the world. He saves the world. But he revives believers. So I think Paul is attempting to challenge Timothy to stay faithful. And by extension, I believe, that he was looking down through the corridors of time at us and challenging us to be faithful in the last days. Now, I have no doubt 
but that we're living in the last days. As a matter of fact, I think the last days started at the ascension of the Lord Jesus. And they, those last days have extended now for these some 2,000 years. Uh, the scoffers said, you've been saying this a long time, where is he? Oh, he's coming. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. The Lord just left day before yesterday. No need to get nervous now. I don't know when he's coming and wouldn't pretend to announce when he's coming. But I do know he is coming. As surely as he has promised that he will come again, he will come. And we're going home one of these glad days. Paul had written to Timothy earlier in this chapter. He said, this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Beloved, you are living in that day. Now, have these characteristics always existed since the ascension of Christ? They have. But through time, they have intensified. And we see a great intensification in our day. Now, have there been other parts of the world that have faced far greater persecution than we have? The truth of the matter is we've had it quite easy. Had it quite easy. No one's tried to stop me from going to church other than the devil and my flesh. But, but the government hasn't said you can't go. I've been to places where they are that way. But I believe we are seeing a change around the world. And we are on the precipice of a one world government. A one world monetary system. And then a one world ruler is coming on the scene with a one world church. We are living, I believe, on the edge of that day. Now, will it be next year? I don't know. You say, Brother Weston, you think he's coming tomorrow? I'm surprised he didn't come yesterday. Then again, it might be a thousand years before he comes. But I think the challenge remains the same. What do we need to remain faithful in these last days? I say to you, first of all, we need a Savior. If you would look in verses 14 and 15 of this third chapter of 2 Timothy. But continue thou, he says to Timothy, in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child, Thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. His mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois were believers in the Lord. And they had undoubtedly taught Timothy about the truth as he was growing up. Paul says, I want you to remember that they told you it was Jesus Christ and Him alone. It is through Jesus Christ, that 
Timothy found salvation. It's also through Jesus Christ that we find salvation. The truth of the matter is no one is going to heaven except by way of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know there are those that are pretty sincere about their religion. But if their religion does not include confidence and faith in Jesus Christ, they will never, ever see heaven. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I know that's rather exclusive. The gospel gives no room to include those that are unbelievers in the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no intentions of being unkind, but I certainly want to be truthful. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. I tell you, the Scripture places Jesus Christ as the place of our salvation. Not only that, He is our strength. In chapter 4 and verse 9, do thy diligence, Paul writes to to Timothy, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. We not only need a Savior for salvation, we need a Savior for strength. Demas was a co-laborer with the Lord Jesus Christ. Excuse me, with Paul. He had walked with Paul. He had seen Paul do some amazing things. He had seen Paul endure afflictions and yet stay true to the Lord God of heaven. And yet, He was lured by the world to return. And Paul said, He has forsaken me, having loved this present world. The day you got saved, God did an amazing thing for you. He birthed a new creature in you. Nothing happened to this flesh. It's as wicked and vile as ever it was. The only way that we can rob this flesh of its influence and power is to strengthen the inner man that was born after God. Yes, we need strength. I'm telling you, greater than any of us has fallen by the wayside, has shipwrecked. After many, many years of confidently and faithfully serving the Lord God of heaven, I tell you this night, no flesh, no flesh, no flesh has never, has ever done anything that you're not capable of doing. So I'll never, I'll never, be be careful, that's a long time. Never is a long, long time. Perhaps it would be better to say by the grace of God, I will not, because it'll take His grace. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. It is going to take Christ not only to save us, but to strengthen us and to give us the stamina to stay true. In in verses 6, 7, and 8 in chapter 4, uh, Paul said, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I want to be able to say that, don't you? Yes right down to the very, very end. I want to be able to say that I stay true to the Lord God of heaven. Yes, 
Paul is, is, is even going to invite Mark to come back. Remember, he got, he got a little upset with Mark uh, when he quit on the first missionary journey. But, but could I come just a little bit to Mark's rescue? We never saw anywhere that God called Mark to go. He was just following his uncle Barnabas and going to his homeland, which is Cyprus. And then when they finished touring Cyprus, he decided to go home. Now, surely there was a mountain range to cross over, and uh, there was beatings and stonings that were ahead of them, but he had no way of knowing that. But he went back home. Some have said uh, the call of Mama was stronger than the call of God. I'm not so sure that's true. But I do know this, in the end, when, when Paul is talking about Demas hath forsaken him, at the same time he says, Timothy, bring John Mark. He's profitable unto me for the ministry. Now, some have, have uh, thought perhaps that while he was imprisoned in, in the dungeon uh, in Rome, that perhaps someone brought him a copy of the Gospel of Mark that was already written. And it could be, having read the Gospel of Mark, it could be, he said to Timothy, I wasn't altogether right about this boy. Huh? And he said, bring him. He's profitable to me for the ministry. For whatever reason, it did move and change Paul's heart concerning John Mark. But he's pretty clear about Demas here, isn't he? He says, now, if you're going to have the stamina to stay true and one of these days be able to say, I have fought a good fight, I finished my course, I have kept the faith, we're going to have to get real close to the Lord Jesus. Remember we looked at, well, I don't think we'd looked at it, but we talked about John 15, which said if you get saved, you'll bear fruit. And, and then if, if you're purged or cleansed by the word, you'll bring forth more fruit. But he said, if you abide in Christ, if you tabernacle in Christ, you don't just visit the Lord Jesus on Sunday. But every day of your life, every moment of every day of your life, you abide in Christ and realize that He abides in you. He says, you'll bring forth much fruit. And he said, when we do that, we glorify God. And that is what we should want to do. So we need a Savior. But secondly, not only to be faithful in the last days do we need a Savior, we need a Bible. Look at it, if you would, in, in chapter 3 and verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. I want to announce to you I believe that. I believe in every word that is in this book. I told you, I think it was on, on the Lord's Day, I don't understand all of, this work, uh, all of this book, but I believe it. Yeah, and, and as I told you then, it's a lot easier for me with the part I don't believe. Excuse me, understand. But the part that I do understand in this flesh, I oftentimes have a hard time living. That's the part that bothers me. You hear people say, well, you know, I read that old English Bible and, and I just don't understand it. Oh, give me a break. It's not the part you don't understand that's giving you trouble. It's very clear 
that if you get saved, you go to heaven. If you don't get saved, you go to hell. That's the part that's giving trouble. It's very clear that if you get saved by grace, we are to take up our cross and follow Him. It's very clear. It isn't the problem we don't understand that's giving us trouble. It's the part that we do understand. Salvation is by Jesus Christ and Him alone from the blessed book that He has given to us. We need a Bible for blessing here in these verses. Look, look, look at it again in, in verse 15 even. Uh, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which were able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And then he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Notice this, and is profitable. For what? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You see, this word of God will teach us the truth about God. And then if we get off out in left field somewhere, the same Bible will reprove us. God will say, what are you doing off out there? Huh? And once it reproves us, it says it will correct us. It will get us back to where we're supposed to be. And then he said it will instruct us so that we don't uh, experience that pitfall again. How important the Bible is to us every day of our lives. You say, well, you know, I've read it several, several times. We might want to read it several more. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, uh, <clears throat> I just got uh, a word today. I don't know if in, any of you know uh, Brother Don Green, Lansing, Michigan. Any of you know Dr. Green? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, they've given Dr. Green about nine or ten days to live. But uh, Dr. Green... Oh, he loves God. Now, now he'll, he'll preach the bark off of a tree. But my soul on earth, if you ever had time to sit down and fellowship with him, what a godly man and what a time well spent. I, I preach a meeting about every year up just north of Lansing. And I would always make it a, uh, in my schedule to go by and and I would plan to go and just spend a half hour or so with him. I'd end up staying two, two and a half, three hours with him. Uh, Dr. Green, for many years now, has prayed four to six hours a day. Think about that. Four to six hours a day. He's read the Bible through, read ten chapters a day. And the last time I talked to him, he had, he had read through the Bible since he started counting at least 50 times. Don't quit reading it. I mean, don't even quit quit reading John three sixteen. Even if you can quote it, don't 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 quit reading it. Make it so precious that you love it more than your necessary food. I'm telling you, it's it's the thing that will nail our feet to the floor in these days. The Word of God. He says we need a Bible. For blessing, we need a Bible for benefit. We need a Bible for balance. In, in the first verse of chapter 4, <clears throat> Paul says, Timothy, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Not about it. Preach the word. And, and he says, I want you to be 
instant, in season, out of season. I got to tell you, I'm not much for instant. If you're going to make some mashed potatoes, boil them. Get a lot of butter, some milk, salt and pepper, and mash them up. You say, well, every time I do that, they turn out so lumpy. I love lumps. You ought not pour mashed potatoes out of a bag. No, cook a potato, not much on on instant. And, and I'm going to tell you, the fellow that, that developed instant grits, somebody ought to whoop him. I mean, that's serious business to tamper with something as marvelous as grits. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not much for instant. But I tell you, I love instant preaching. Oh, yeah. Just throw down the hat and go. Yeah, preach the word, he says. Be instant, in season, out of season. And then he says, reprove rebuke, exhort. We don't much like that rebuking and reproving, do we? To tell you the truth, I do. If a fellow's preaching and he cuts close to my corn, I say, thank you, sir. I needed that. I appreciate that. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but notice... And I think this is so important. He says, reprove, rebuke, exhort. Notice this, with all long-suffering and doctrine. I've heard a lot of reproving that had nothing to do with doctrine. And certainly was not bathed in, uh, in uh, long-suffering. I don't think anybody gets under as much conviction as I do when I'm preaching. I have actually been preaching along, and you think a lot faster than you speak. But I've actually been preaching along, and, and I would say to myself in the back of my mind, what in the world did you bring that up for? Huh? Sure, it's good for us. When the Spirit of the living God loves us so much that he will convict us, that's a good thing. If we're going to stay faithful in these last days, we need a Savior, we need a Bible, and then finally, <clears throat> we need a cause. In verse 5 of chapter 4, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For confidence, we need the Word of God. Watch thou in all things. Do not lose your confidence in that written word of God that is before you. Hang on to it dearly. There are forces around you attempting to rip it from your hands. Don't allow it to happen. Stay with the word of God. For conversion, he said, I want you to do the work of an evangelist. And for consistency, he says, I want you to make full proof of your ministry. David's daddy came out to him and he said, Son, I've, I've got a donkey here laden down with bread and cheese. 
I want you to go find the army of Israel, wherever they're camped. I want you to see how your brothers are doing. Take them these, these things from home. <clears throat> and he did. He found his brothers. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, they weren't fighting. Uh, maybe sitting around a campfire, listening to the yelling of a fellow on Yon Hill. And David uh, sat down there with them and gave them some bread and some cheese, and they probably invited some folk over. And they're sitting there talking. And then Goliath creates an uproar breathing out threatenings against the army of Israel. And David said to his brothers, said, somebody will go over and take care of him. And they reprimanded him. Why don't you go back home and take their care of those few little sheep? Well, he had done that. He killed a bear and a lion doing it. He said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Word travels throughout the, the army, the encampment, until it comes into the ears of King Saul, who stood head and shoulders above all the others. So there's a boy out here. He said, somebody ought to go over and Shut him up. He said, bring that boy to me. And David, the shepherd boy, went into his tent. Saul said, won't you take my arm, but I'm not going to need it. And go over and take care of him if you think you can. David said, with these instruments I have in my hand, I have killed a lion and a bear. But I've not proved these things that you have. So I'll take what is proven and I'll deal with this uncircumcised Philistine. So he makes his way down the hill. When he gets to the bottom before he will ascend, he kneels down. I doubt he ever takes his eyes off Goliath. Goliath is saying, you know, I'll stomp my foot and he'll run away like a little dog. David's paying no attention to him. He feels around till he finds a stone just exactly like what he wants. He puts it in a pouch and another and another and another and finally the final one takes his sling, puts the stone in, pulls it taut. Goliath said he's going to run. He was right. He did run right toward him. The sling going around and around and around. And then he let it go. And God grabbed hold of that stone and thrust it into the forehead of Goliath. And he drops to his knees and falls on his face. He's down, but he is not dead. David never broke stride until he came to Goliath unsheathed Goliath's sword and severed his head from his shoulders. Ran his fingers through his coarse black hair and lifted his 
bleeding head off the ground. And with the sword in one hand, his head in the other, he walks back toward the encampment. And by this time, the people of Israel have taken courage and they're passing him and the Philistines are running. I ask you, is there not a cause? And do we not have a God that can take 10 and make 100 run or 100 and make 1,000 run or 1,000 make 10,000 run? Do we not have the kind of God that can skinny the army down to 300 and still claim great victory? Yes, we do. I tell you, we must be faithful in these last days. We need a Savior. We need a Bible. We need a cause. Got news for you. We have all three. We have all three. Here, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you sing, hold the fort for I am coming. It's a great song. We just don't have a fort. We're not hiding behind holy walls hoping no one finds out we're here. We're not singing in hushed tones hoping no one can find us. No, we lift up our voices. We cry aloud. We go to the highways and the hedges and say to them, we have the truth. Come join us. Walk in it with us. I don't know whether I am in the last days that will bring the appearing of Jesus Christ now. I, I don't know. I, I feel like we are, but I don't know that. But I know this. I have fewer days in front of me than I have behind me. And if I'm going to do anything for my Lord, it's time for me to get busy doing it. Will you come with me? Will you join me? Faithful in the last days. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the resources we need, a Savior, a Bible, and a cause. May we, I pray, be found faithful in these days. Use us, I pray, to make a difference before our day should end or you should come. And for all that you do, I'll thank you in the precious name of Christ. With heads if you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.